0: Blog Talk Radio. among football players that forms a team that has to rely on each player to complete her individual job for the play to be successful. It is beautiful, really. If all the players on the team were built the same way and had the same talent, we would not be successful. Ultimately, our diversity is our strength. As magical as Team USA is on the football field, as impressive as our play is, I wish you all could know the amazing women beneath the red, white, and blue helmets. If the world knew the amazing women who sacrificed so much for this game, the world would fall in love with Team USA and women's football.
1: Welcome to Great Aaron Blitz right here on Block Talk Radio. And so um, alongside Nkeishi Free and Troy Wilson, uh, we have a great show today. We have uh, international all-star and indie crash sensation of the WFA Leah Kazov, she's going to be here in about 15 minutes. We also had a bunch of events happening in the women's uh, realm of things. Uh, the Women's World Football Games 4 in conjunction with the 2017 NFL Pro Bowl. Um, just a lot of a lot of excitement throughout uh, the event. Over 200 uh, Gridiron athletes, over 20 countries represented at the event. Um, so it was just an amazing uh, event that, that happened. And uh, we're going to discuss that a little further on in the show, but you know, overall, there's a lot of women's Great Iron being played in Spain. The week three is in, in play. We got uh, Great Iron Victoria coming up here on the 25th. We got the international friendly between Baffa Women and uh, the Finnish uh, national squad as well from the you know Helsinki Wolverines and the Birmingham uh, Lions over here on February 11th. Um, we also have the um, the French League. K- kicking off here February 4th, um, the third annual uh, Challenge, uh, Challenge Feminine. It's going to be kicking off in uh, France. And uh, the LVFA, L- L- also in Spain, uh, the Black Demons, taking on the Alcante uh, Sharks on February 12th. So a lot of uh, news to cover, and we'll cover that towards the uh, bottom of the hour after we get through the interview, and we'll talk at the Super Bowl uh, including that as well. So a big show slated for today. I uh, hope you, uh, you're ready to go. Cause we're excited to do this. Um, and you know, Super Bowl coming up here in another week. Um, you know, no big actual storylines at this point, except for the fact that, you know, I got, got Brady to get number seven and will Maddie ice cool that off. Um, and you know, so in conjunction with the pro bowl, uh, like I like to sit with the women's, uh, uh, football games, which is an outstanding event. Um, Shout out to uh, Sam Rappaport, Elizabeth Fawz, all the coaches out in Orlando, uh, as well as all the players that obviously made it happen, and USA Football ultimately because they did a great job with the event. Um, you can go to our Facebook page at Gridiron Beauties. Um, you can check out all the, the timeline on our uh, football, all the events that were, they were there. Um, Red against blue towards the end of the event. And then all the girls got a chance to attend the uh, 2017 Pro Bowl. So huge weekend. A huge week for women's football as we get ready for the IFAB World Championships uh, this coming summer in Canada. Mexico as well has announced a 74-squad pre-selection by the Mexican Federation of American Football consisting of Lexfa and FX athletes. Um, They will finalize their roster, um, I am being told by uh, Terced Cuarto, which is our network partner. They will finalize their roster in about uh, three weeks' time. Um, and Coach Giovanni Carrillo is going to finalize that, and they will suit up and compete in the North American realm against uh, the U.S. and Canada, as well as coming up here in another, uh, I'd say, three weeks or two weeks. Uh, Gridiron Australia, Coach Konecki, who was the, uh, you know, the representative coach for Team USA in the last two tournaments, now moves overseas to the Aussies uh, to try to get the Aussie squad up and running for the I-5 World Championships. So they're going to be uh, selecting their final roster as well. So a lot of excitement coming up in the next 30 days because as the rosters get finalized, we pretty much get closer to who will be in the group pools and then sort of gives us an idea who's going to be competing for that uh, gold medal that the U.S. um, squad has owned for two uh, consecutive tournaments. So Team USA also as well will be announcing their roster coming up here in about, uh, I want to say, maybe three weeks time before the end of the month in February should have finalized and we'll see who uh, made the squad from the WFA, IWFL and the other leagues in the States as well um, to see who's on that roster and who's returning from the veteran squads of 2010 and 2013. So um, Oscar Lopez here, totally excited this week. Um, Troy and Kishi, just really just a huge week of just a lot of stuff going on in uh, women's gridiron, quite the biggest, um, biggest week in the 2017 calendar so like i said earlier shout, shout out to usa football shout out to sam Report at nfl uh and elizabeth cloth at usa football as well and all the coaches that volunteer their time to be there and to uh educate and and train and get these girls from all realms of the globe uh for the passion of american football so it's a pretty exciting week
2: Yeah, very exciting week. I mean, a Good. lot of stuff, um, you know, a lot of a lot of moving parts going around right now. So it'll be interesting to sit back and watch, see how things unfold. I still keep remarking upon how popular the game is starting to become. I mean, again, worldwide. So when you see events like this happening, it, it bodes well for the future of women's football. Yeah, Troy, you know, well, I was mentioning to somebody yeah. on
1: Facebook, I was mentioning to somebody on Facebook, um, that, you know, the the NFL took a gamble on NFL Europe. So what's the difference between taking a gamble on, uh, on women's gridiron? You know what I mean? So I'm thinking, you know, maybe somebody should approach that.
3: Well, I think one of the problems is that we can't get the women to come together cohesively, you know, like we've been saying for the longest time and just create one league. And I think that the moment that they do that and it, the NFL sees some unity amongst the two different leagues. And I think that could be an honest, viable uh, possibility, especially considering the fact that the NFL keeps taking the games over to England and now this year they went to Mexico. Um, I, I think that there's a legitimate case to be made to increase the um, professionalism in the sport.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you, if you took the uh... Your Euro, uh, LFL Europa model of only selecting a handful of teams—I uh, think it would work here in the States primarily if you uh, hook up the existing WFA, for example, teams with their NFL counterparts. You know, you got the Divas with the Redskins, you got the Elite with the Cowboys. You put San Diego out there with the Rams or the Chargers. You know what I mean? It's, it has to be in that type of—you uh, um, uh, know—being being together. Um, you'd be able to support that because then they'd have the, the NFL club would have the resources to get the word out that there's obviously a women's football league out there, the resources for sales and everything else. So we'll see how it comes about. But um, I don't know if you guys got a chance to see all the, feeds, uh, the information off the feed and everything else. But very exciting week, um, including with the conjunction of the Pro Bowl. Uh, just, you know, over 200 uh, women athletes from Europe, uh, pretty much everywhere in the globe. Uh, including our our No Joke Football supporters, um, uh, Phoebe Schetzler from UK of the Baffa Women and Aurora Tullow from uh, Australia of Great Iron, New South Wales. So uh, all those girls um, had an an amazing time down there, as well as uh, Anita Barbosa out of of Mexico, out of the FX Mexico. So uh, it was just a great event. Um, You know, like I said, shout out to the NFL for – doing their job, and obviously for Sam uh, to put together that and showcase the talented women from pretty much all over the globe.
3: You know what, Oscar, actually you've really hit on something uh, just now when you were talking about pairing up the um, NFL teams with the female teams in their area. And I think that in all honesty, and I, and I can't speak for some of the other cities, but I know that in L.A., in Houston, and here in D.C., that those are some of the um, factors that have helped the women's game. Um, It has been very inspiring to start coming to some of the games and then seeing the uh, Wizards players coming out and supporting the Mystics. And I know that the L.A. Sparks gets that sort of support from the Lakers, and I know that the Houston Comets were getting that kind of support from the Rockets as well. And when you see the buy in from the men's game coming and supporting their female counterparts, that speaks volumes. And the fact that the women's um, basketball team at the University of Maryland is one of the top five female basketball teams in the country, and they sell out the Comcast um, studio uh, arena uh, here in College Park. So, again, you're absolutely right, and you really could be onto to something in terms of creating that type of partnership. We just need the NFL teams to stop moving all around and figure out where they want to land so we can start building off those relationships.
1: Yeah, if you put, if you put that scope of NFL Europa uh, in the WFA, it's not that bad, far-fetched because if you just go to the metro cities, you know, the Chicagos with the force, the Divas with Washington, the Renegades with the Patriots, You know, if you put the elite over with the Cowboys, you don't have to put, uh, you know, a whole 60-team slate. You can just put no different uh, maybe a 6-8-team to uh, women's league to see how it will do, how it will be received. And, like I said, no different than NFL Europa. They took a gamble on NFL uh, NFL Europa, and for how many years? Three years, they lost all that money. So they might, you know, think twice about maybe setting up something like that now, especially – it's a new game. It's it's uh, the girls playing the game, sort of the same uh, lines that you're talking about with the excitement of the WNBA. Uh, we have, you know, the excitement of the NWSF uh, NWSSL, which is the, you know, the National Women's Soccer League as well, building up as well nationally. So, you know, and then you got the National Women's Hockey League, the Women's National Hockey League that's uh, on its own. So it's the same way. So it's, it's starting, I think it's starting to pick up steam in terms of, maybe somebody backing but it it would have to come from the individual nfl clubs to uh you know go forward you know to do that just like the saints um did their part by allowing them uh, to do the women's uh, football games three at the uh, superdome and and their facilities as well in uh, new orleans
3: absolutely i totally agree troy
1: Is he asleep? Troy are you there? I don't know. He,
0: he may be off. having technical
3: he, probably... he, he... Yeah, he, he, he may Yeah, he probably did drop off. I know I, I know I had okay. to call in twice myself. What was your week? Yeah, semester? I don't know what's going on with
1: the It was really good. Um, like I said, all the excitement I I was uh, <laughs> I was a busy bee because um, since I couldn't be there I had to rely on other people to kind of uh, sent us some feed and information. So shout out to the Roosters women. Uh, shout out to Ali Custis. Uh, we got shout out to uh, you know Odessa Jenkins. Uh, pretty much everybody that did our you know that did the feed as well as uh, uh, Lou uh, uh, Tolu out there. Uh, Aurora Tolu's mom, who uh, was doing live feeds as well. And um, shout out to uh, Rich Daniel out there with the Women's Football uh, Foundation as well, the Women's Gridiron Foundation. So a lot of people were feeding all the information. That's where we posted a lot of the stuff on the Great Iron Beauties uh, Facebook page. So you can go there. Yeah, I saw
3: some of the photos. Oh, yeah, I saw some of the photos. It looked good. I, I honestly hope maybe that's um, – if we can get to plan two events next year – well, three. The three events I'm hoping we can pull off next year are um, – World 2007, 2017, uh, 2018 season is, of course, the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Weekend, um, the Pro Bowl, and or the Super Bowl next year.
2: Yeah, Troy, are you back? I'm uh, here. Those sound like fantastic. Kids. All right, dude. I would love those. I think I think you dropped.
1: I think you dropped off no, or something. You got I don't it. know what happened, but perfect. All right, guys. So uh, let's go into the no joke football. i just let everybody know thirty uh, up to thirty percent off on uh, all t-shirts, leggings, and gifts. And I was Zazzle Shop, Zazzle.com forward slash Iron Beauties. Every sale from there goes towards a spotlighting another and showcasing another athlete in the women's American football realm. So uh, go to Women's uh, Great Iron Beauties. I'm, <laughs> I'm getting all riled up here. Go to Zazzle.com forward slash Iron Beauties. So the next uh, guest we got on is uh, internationally known as well and domestically uh, talented uh, from the WFA. And uh, Leah Kaza has been pretty much, she went overseas last year, played for Turku Trojans, and then uh, obviously returning for the Indy Crash season. So let's uh, bring in Leah into the huddle, like I said, sponsored by Zazzle.com. So, Leah, how are you doing today?
4: I'm well, how are you?
1: I'm doing great, Leah. Um, you're on with uh, Troy Wilson and Inkishi Free, so we'll kind of Hi, bounce Leah. off some questions to you as well.
0: Hello.
1: Great, Leah. Uh, let's let's put you in the, the hot seat here. Um, we got Brady for seven and Maddie Ice for one um, coming up here this week. So, um, what's your thoughts on this Super Bowl Fifty One?
4: I think Atlanta all the way. Down with really, Atlanta, Atlanta all the way. Yep, I think that uh, they're underestimated and it's uh, it's their time. I think they're going to do it.
1: What the keys for you? What are the keys for you? Besides, uh, you know, beating the Patriots, Do you think they got enough offense on to to do this?
4: I do. I think that they have a solid run game, and if um, he continues to play the way he has, I think that um, they also have some weapons in the passing game as well, and their defense looks pretty solid as well. So I think that um, the Patriots kind of always play the same, but I think that if the the Falcons play the way that they have been, I think that they they are the better team. And I All love right.
1: Freeman. He's a beast. Uh, Leah, so I... Leah what, what is going on with Indy Crash? Uh, last season, pretty exciting season, especially with the WFA going to the different tiers. you got St. Louis Lamb winning the Division Two tier. Um, just pretty a lot of excitement. So tell us a little bit about what's going on with the Indy Crash for 2017 as we get ready for the WFA uh, season.
4: Uh, I'm pretty excited about it. Last year was uh, pretty much a rebuilding year for us. We had mostly a rookie team. Uh, this year a lot of those same rookies have returned and we have some other new and exciting players joining us. Uh, I think that we know what to expect from the Tier 2 a little bit more this season and I believe that we're going to be more ready than we were uh, previously and uh, I just think that uh, this could be our season in the Tier, tier 2. Uh, we know I think our strongest opponents were the St. Louis Slam and uh, I think we're ready for everyone that we face this year. We have a really good schedule um, for once, we don't have to play Chicago twice, which is great, because that always depletes our roster. Uh, but I think that this really could be our, our season, and I'm really excited for it. And I'll be playing a different positions Are you as appro- well. So.
1: Are you approving of this this tier system? Because I think it really benefits the sport. We've talked about it in, in a couple of different podcasts. But what's your thought of you know, the roster size, and then you're slated for a certain division to play in?
4: Well, I think that I do like the tier system. I don't really like the way the divisions are separated because uh, it's really hard to win a uh, division if you are one of the lower tiered teams because they don't separate the divisions by tier. You're just grouped in kind of by location. So you can have like two two tier three teams and a tier one team and a tier two team all in one division. And obviously, you know, more likely, the tier one team is going to win the division. So I think that's a little bit flawed, but I think they're doing the best with what what you know they have to work with. But it does give uh, the, the different tiers like uh, more of a chance to move on in the playoffs. And uh, I think that roster size is the biggest determining factor. I know that we've really struggled with having enough players to really have us face and and manage to maintain throughout a whole game against bigger teams. Um, we, we you know where we could hang in the in the beginning of the game, but just You know, not having the subs that the other team does to send in and out, you know, you notice it throughout the game. We get more fatigued, but uh, so I do. I do like that addition to the sport. I do. I do think it helps. Now, Leah, I I have a question.
3: You said, yeah, you said you are about to um, move to a new position. So, for our listeners who um, are just being introduced to you, um, can you tell us um, how long you've been in the league um, and what position you play currently, and then. Give us a little insight into your uh, new position.
4: Sure. This is my 10th season playing football. I started out actually when it was a WPFL with the Toledo Rain, um, and then I moved to Indiana, Indianapolis, and I played for what was at the time the Indiana Speed, and then we, we turned into the Indy Crash, and I've been there ever since. Um, I started my football career out at running back, but then um, after a couple of seasons in Indy, I took over as quarterback, so that's why I've been playing for me the last four years. Uh, when I went to Finland this summer, I played running back and coming back, um, for this WFA season, I'm continuing to play running back. So not a brand new season, but a new, uh, not a brand new position, but a new position for, for me, uh, with the Indy crash in the last couple of years. And also I think I'm going to be playing some safety, which I discovered I loved, um, while I played in Finland and we have, um, one of our wide receivers who's converting to quarterback and she's looking really good. So, uh I'm excited for the new dynamics in our backfield. It's going to be it's going to be great.
3: Now what is it that you like about playing safety? Um you know, is it the hard hits or is it the speed? Is it your combination of both? Because I can imagine it has to be a challenge to go up against some of the better um wide receivers in your division as well as the running backs to see who can outdo who. So, you know, having been on both sides of the field, what is it you like best about safety?
4: Uh, well, previously, I the last couple of seasons, I've been playing nonstop quarterback and linebacker, so both very physical positions. Um, I really, really love – I feel like it's like I can breathe when I play defense. You know, offense, you're always kind of holding your breath, and defense, I feel like I'm just using my athletic ability, which I really enjoyed about linebacker. But safety, um, I never thought that I would like as much. But so when I started playing in Finland, you just have – you kind of like the cherry picker a little bit. Like I feel like I can I can cheat a little bit, and with my speed I can, uh, you know, if the quarterback at all is looking at where she's throwing, which many do, um, I have a pretty good chance for a pick, and I had quite a few pick sixes, and uh, I think that's really exhilarating. I really like it, and then, you know, reading reading those uh, those quick passes to the running back and just full speed, nice like solid hit. There, there's nothing better than that. So, I think that I really I really enjoy that part of playing safety.
2: Hey, Leah, this is uh, Troy Wilson. How's it going? Good. How are you? All right, all right. You sound pretty violent, so I like that as a football <laughs> player. So, I just, you know, you enjoy the contact. I think that's pretty awesome. Uh, <laughs> I want to ask a few questions. You having that amount of versatility, you know, playing two offensive positions and being able to also play two defensive positions, how has that really helped you as far as, like, translation to the game? Because – you see a lot of people, you know, sometimes, you know, in the NFL they're going to this hybrid position, hybrid safety linebacker, and it used to be a bad thing, you know, to be a, what they would call a tweener. And now it just seems like that's in vogue. So is that something that you relish also? And how has that helped your game? I do,
4: I do think um, I enjoy it because I hate to get off the field. I, I really very seldomly do I like to get off the field, and it's only if I'm, like, wheezing and I can't breathe because I just ran 90 yards. But – uh with our low numbers, it's almost been a necessity. So, uh, best eleven on the field at all times. And uh, I think that as a quarterback, having played defense, it really helped me understand coverages and like understanding what that linebacker, how that linebacker is going to be dropping if they're playing zone, or you know, or what it's going to look like. What what what, what, what what's going to be my hot route if they're if they're playing a certain coverage? And having played defense has really really helped me in that aspect. Um, I think that. Yeah, in the NFL, I think that it just more you can do. I think it just makes you that much more valuable, and I think the same goes for women's football here. I think at the beginning, when I started playing, like they didn't really want us to play both ways. They didn't want to risk you getting hurt. But now you see with even some of the bigger teams, like even like the Chicago's and the the other bigger teams, they have their best players playing both ways as well. So uh, I do think that's afforded me maybe more opportunities to be on the field and and you know even maybe with my opportunity to go to Finland, the fact that I could play both offense and defense, I think it kind of you know sweetened the pot. So and, and I love yeah, to hit as well.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I thought that was a great point. I mean, because you know when when you said you know initially you were playing running back when you moved to quarterback, and then you said you are it back to running back. So immediately in my mind, and then you said you played the safety position, and I immediately in my mind I said, okay, so she's violent. And she got a chance to play quarterback, so that means she has the acumen and the attitude to play this game. And because mm-hmm. when you get a chance to play a quarterback, you know you're not just responsible for you know one thing like you would be a defensive lineman, to get upfield or get to,
0: yeah. or, you know
2: play the run or play the pass. You have to know everyone's responsibilities. And I know that you know that definitely opened your eyes up as far as you know reading the coverages and knowing where people are supposed to be. So I know that helped you out a lot. Absolutely. The other question I wanted to ask you is uh, where are you guys at right now in the off-season program? Because, you know, you, you know, every year you guys get new people in. And so how does that change what you do with, you know, you being with the team, uh, you know, a few years now?
4: So having been with the team as long as I have been, um, we are in our preseason. We're, we're, we're into football stuff right now. We're just about into pads. Um, maybe a little bit later than we wanted to be, but we really like to take the time to teach everyone technique before we get to hitting. Uh, we've had rookie classroom. We've done a lot of conditioning. And now we're working on, like, the finer points, like the different techniques of the different positions. And um, a few of us veteran players um, usually take on kind of, like, coaching roles as well. So I've been doing, like, running practices. Um, and we had even some of our linemen out the other day, and we were doing sprints. And then we were working on just different techniques on the football field after that. Um, But I think that it's it's we all take pride in our team and we all take ownership. So a lot of us that have been around for a long time, like in different positions, like myself, playing, having played running back and quarterback. I'm working with our new quarterback right now, and also working with um, one of our linemen who's converting to a fullback, and she's doing a great job. So I'm trying to teach them as much as I know, and then you know the, the fullback. Who was a lineman is now working with a new lineman. She was, and she was a, she was a center. She's working with one of our rookies who's going to be our center. So we're just like all working together to uh, kind of just make sure that like they get as much training as they can because there's only so many days a week you can practice with everybody. So we we you know we put in extra time on Saturdays or whenever whenever we can all get together and we're just all pulling our weight to try to get everyone up to speed because like you said it's really hard. We have you know we have to teach them. Same things every year to new batch of people. And sometimes it's a little bit tedious, but it's necessary. And, you know, those have been around for a long time. We really understand kind of what needs to go into it to have a successful season with rookies. Well, Leah, that
3: was the question I was going to ask you was based on making all of these um, position changes. What skill sets do you think your new quarterback needs to have or what skill sets will be most beneficial to your new quarterback, especially in the division in which you play. Uh, having been with the team for 10 years, I'm sure you have an inkling of the strengths and weaknesses of the other teams and their styles. What kind of skill sets do you think would be most beneficial uh, for your quarterback uh, having played that position?
4: I think um, she she really does have most of the skills I think that she really needs to have. She's a great leader. Uh, she's really, really calm. She's a learner and she's a hard worker. Uh, she has a great, strong arm. She's a softball player. Um, she's working on her footwork, and I think it's gotten – I've seen, like, tremendous improvements from her just over the last couple, maybe even six weeks. Um, so I'm I'm really proud of her progress, and I think that she's going to do a great job. Now it's going to be a little bit of a different style offense where I was more of a scrambler and a runner. Um, she's going to be a little bit more of a pocket passer. But we're also going to have a – I don't want to sound cocky, but we're going to have – Maybe a little bit of a stronger run game now um, with me in the backfield, and we have a lot of a lot of other options at running back as well. I think we're going to be pretty versatile, and maybe throw in some wildcat. But um, I think she does possess all the the necessary skills um, to be very successful in this league. She's uh, I have utmost confidence in her being successful. So and she's going to have a pretty good supporting cast, which is great as a first year quarterback. We've also talked about like uh, her comfort with. Um, me being back there with her And kind of helping her with audibles Whether or not she feels comfortable If she doesn't see them If I call out an audible um, And I think that's something that we may we may do So we're going to start practicing that right away as well Because I know my first couple of years at quarterback I was just, you know It was enough to just remember the play And who was doing what And then maybe to scan one side of the field Or just a pre-snap read and say Okay, I hope that person's open Because there's so much going on At the snap of that ball So, um, So we've talked about it, and we're going to work together. And with me being back there with her, I think that that'll really, really help her out a lot.
3: Now, are you guys more of a pocket pocket passer team, or or are you more of the um, read option type of style? You know, are you a Russell Wilson style, or you know, in terms of how you play, or are you more of that time, or is she more that Tom Brady, based on what you're saying?
4: I feel like that's maybe yet to be determined, but I think she's probably more of a pocket passer, whereas I was more of a Russell Wilson. Um, And Russell Wilson is a huge compliment. I was more of a run-for-my-life type of (laughs) quarterback. (laughs) And maybe, you know, running before the pocketing.
3: Yeah, I can imagine. I've heard the Chicago teams are pretty rough, so I can
4: imagine doing some running, but um, I I believe in you. (laughs) The Chicago team is pretty much you have, one second, let the ball go, or it's over. I've had quite a few concussions from the Chicago team, <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, uh, but we we got something we got something for that this year. So I'm excited about the changes we're doing uh, in our game plan as well. So I'm not going to divulge that, but we have a uh, we have some plans in the works.
1: Leah, awesome. you have a fundraiser. You have a fundraiser coming up on, I think, February 11th, right? Uh, it's a yes, Valentine's we do. Day yeah. fundraiser. So it's coming up, I think it's uh, Saturday, February 11th. going to be at the Metro on Mass Avenue. So uh, it's, yes, I believe, $25 per person, which includes uh, yeah. unlimited food and a uh, home opener to two-ticket voucher drawing, plus a meet-and-greet with all the uh, crash team, and uh, so a silent auction as well. So pretty excited for that. Is is this a better system for everybody when you have the tier systems now in terms of travel costs, or does is, is it, is it matter to you guys at this point because it's pretty much the same, or is it lessen the travel costs?
4: Oh, actually, cost? no, our travel costs were probably lower before. Um, we, we have to travel to Madison, Wisconsin this year, which is really far, and then last year we had to tra- travel to Kansas City, where previously it was just Chicago, Detroit, maybe Toledo, Flint, um, so – Places are Western Michigan. Those were the Mr. Western Michigan. I think was the furthest. So uh, the tier system really doesn't decrease our travel expense. It just really, like I said, uh, gives you a better shot at playoffs, and you're playing against you know more similar teams skill wise, or or maybe not even skill wise necessarily, but like you said, roster size. So uh, yeah, no, it doesn't really decrease our travel. And you
1: have another fundraiser, I think, on uh, March 1st, and that's going to be a Wings fundraiser at at the
4: Buffalo Wings, I guess. Is it in Indianapolis also? Yeah, we have those. uh, Buffalo Wild Wings is is gracious enough to host us every first Wednesday of every month. So that's our our monthly fundraiser that's uh, resuming after the holidays.
1: And you guys kick off against the champs. Right off the bat, uh, Taylor Hayes and company – you guys kick off uh, against um uh, the St. Louis lambs So that's that's gotta be pretty exciting for you guys to just jump in right into uh the the actual champs from last year.
4: Definitely uh definitely excited for that matchup and uh Taylor Hayes uh, she's she's a great girl. I know her um fairly well. We've played against each other and been to camp together in the running back uh running backs group together. She's she's great. Um, I think that we did not play our best game against them. We hung with them in the first half and then we made some weird personnel changes and some different, uh, there were some weird calls in that game and we were really low on personnel. And I really do think we have what it takes to give them a really good game and and a run for their money. So I'm definitely looking forward to that rematch.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a good game. Uh, Everybody I think is really excited for that. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about uh, your owner and your head coach and the passion for, you know, the club, especially being the only women's football club in the state?
4: Yeah, April Priest is our head coach and owner, and uh, if it weren't for her, we definitely wouldn't have a team. Uh, she started playing many, many years ago, and it might have been her first, or I forgive me if I mix this up, first or second season when uh, the owners just couldn't do it anymore, and they needed a certain amount. They needed someone to step up and take over, and she loved the sport so much that she did, and ever since then she's She's been, you know, at the helm, and uh, if it wasn't for her, we wouldn't, we would, we wouldn't have a team anymore. She's a passionate player, and she's just as passionate as a coach. And she stuck it through all these years, and every year is getting better and better. You know, we're getting more organized. We have a, a good board of directors, and um, you know, more people on board to help us out. So, uh, I think every year the Indy Crash becomes, you know, bigger and better. And if it wasn't for her and her passion, you know, we wouldn't have that. So. Definitely owe it to her.
1: And you guys are pretty much an organization within with coaching, right? So it's it's basically an opportunity, sort of the same uh, idea that uh, the women's forum at the World uh, Football Games was, you know, when, when the NFL forum for opportunity. But you guys are basically former players turned coaches, and some of those have, have come back uh, to, you know, give and, and be the, part of the coaching staff like Krista Martini from, uh, from what I read on your website and uh, mm-hmm. many other players that have, you know, basically have contributed to uh, their time and coming back to make sure that the club is up and running at a high level.
4: Yeah, actually our, all of our coaching staff right now are former players. So <laughs> it's our first season where everyone is a former player and, and it's all female coaching staff. Now, I don't know if we have a couple more people coming on. Uh, there's a potential, I just heard news from a couple of people today actually and, some actual, one actual high-profile NFL player that's interested in us. So I can't say much right now because we just heard about it today, but um, they reached out to us, so that's pretty exciting. But, yeah, it just shows, like, the passion for the game. Like, even though these women can't play for whatever reason anymore, maybe it's their bodies, their families, or the time commitment, but they love the game enough that they want to impart their wisdom, um, you know, to the to the player, the current players, and and just, you know, be there supporting the team. So it's great.
1: Now, Leah, tell us a little bit about overseas. Um, you were able to get a hold of somebody over in um, Turco. And um, so when we followed this, sort of like a breaking news for us, because, you know, when when we got this tidbit saying, hey, this this player from the WFA is actually overseas, which is normally it's the opposite. You have players coming from overseas to the WFA. Um, what was all, all that about? Can you dwell into that about how you – you got contacted or did you contact them? And then you went to Turco and um, pretty good season there as well. So uh, how was Finland basically?
4: So the opportunity, I saw the opportunity on female tackle football players around the world on the Facebook page. And it was like this general post, like Finland is looking for import possible import players, like send your, your interest in the bio and we'll get back to you. So I did that right away. I thought, you know, this is, what I've been waiting for. I've played football for so many years, and um, if anyone who's been involved in women's football knows that it's a huge sacrifice. We don't get paid. You know, it's a big time commitment, and you commit your body and, you know, um, to it. And all you get back from it really is the love of the game and, and playing the game with your teammates, which is, is wonderful, you know. Um, but I was always looking for that next level. Uh, and when I saw this opportunity, I thought, like, this is it. So I applied. Um, Someone from the Turku Trojans got a hold of me And they asked me to send like Highlights reel So I did that and I kept in contact with them And when they told me that they had chosen me like That was like the best I remember I was at school I was teaching uh, physical education at the time In Indianapolis Public School And I got the the message that they had chosen me It was like the best moment of my life Um, So I went over there I think I was there for three or four days Before our first game And we practiced every day um, Before that first game I got off the plane, in fact. They picked me up, and we drove straight from the airport to practice, and I practiced after, like, 19 hours of travel. I was just so excited to be there. And the team was great. The girls were great. You could tell everybody. I didn't know what to expect, really, like what level of football, but uh, the girls knew what they were doing. They were well-coached, and they were hard workers. And uh, actually, one of the, the middle linebackers, I think she was playing middle linebacker, we were just, like, running through plays, and I was playing fullback. And I came to block her, and she just put her shoulder down and cranked me. And I was like, okay, this is how it is. This is good. This is real football. Uh, And we're going into that first game, it was in Olu, which is, like, way far north. We had, like, a seven-hour bus trip. And I played fullback for the first half. And I was like, okay, you know, like, this is whatever they want me to do. That's what I'll do. Uh, You know, I was a little disappointed at first. But I was like, you know, I'm a team player. I'll do what I have to do. And I did my best blocking. And after maybe – Almost into the first half, right before the first half, I got to play a little bit of running back, and then I started scoring, and after that I was full-time tailback. Uh, And the season was tremendous, Uh, best season of my life. I think I had, like, over 27 touchdowns in seven games. Uh, I was voted, like, MVP running back along with one of the Roosters running backs and then MVP at safety as well. Um, And I can't tell you how great the team was. I love the Trojans. And I just, I really, really enjoyed Finland. Um, it's a great place. And the the league there is, is also very organized. I really like the way they did their stats. Uh, so right after, they do their stats on a computer, and only a couple hours after the game, everything's uploaded onto the league website, and you can see every single stat imaginable, which is really great. And I know that stats are something that uh, there's a lot of talk about in our league, you know, the way they're taken and, some teams put their stats up, some teams don't. It's really hard to get kind of a level playing field across the board. So that was something that I really, I thought was really great. And uh, there was just like the league was very involved in all the different teams. There are, of course, there are fewer teams, so it's easier for them to do so. But uh, just some of those different changes I really thought were great. But overall, it was, it was one of the best experiences of my life.
1: <laughs> any favorite foods from over there?
4: Oh, uh, you know, not really. Uh, the foods are pretty similar. We had a lot of potatoes. Summer potatoes are really big for them. They eat a lot of potatoes and barbecue. Uh, I I I did anything. I'm a human garbage disposal, so I had no problems with the food. I <laughs> I enjoyed it all.
0: Awesome. It's really
4: Yeah, exactly. That's what I was
3: going to say, is that one of the things that I love when I hear the ladies talk about playing is, the passion. I mean, even just in you recounting that story, I felt like I was over there with you because, like Mm -hmm. you said, you got off the plane, you were hot, you were tired, you were sleepy the whole nine, you know, different country, different time zone, and you went right to work and you went straight to playing. And I just think that people really underestimate the level of commitment and dedication with which the ladies play the game, whereas, you know, you have guys who have to have, you know, several days and we compl- you know and we have professional football mm-hmm. teams that playing because they're on the west coast and they've got to go you know two-day <laughs> east coast tour you know and you know it might be the raiders and now they've got to play the skids and then they've got to go to philly and they're tired and- <laughs> or they have to play the skids and then go back and play the chargers and then they got to come back and play philly and oh we can't schedule them like that and- You literally flew across the country, got off a plane, rode on a bus for several hours and said, okay, let's go. love that dedication. Absolutely love it.
4: (laughs) And I loved every moment of it, and I was just 100% ready to go. And actually, I flew, I think, on a Sunday, and we had played in Kansas City on that Saturday. So I drove all the way back and then flew. So, yeah, it was crazy. But I was so excited that I was just running on pure adrenaline.
2: Hey, does that the help league you there? In, as far as uh, sorry about that. I just got one more question. Um, no, go ahead, Troy. Since you get a chance to play, since you get a chance to play in two different leagues, and um, there's a you know such thing as you know um, season strength, and then you sit back and say football shape. You get a chance to stay in football shape because you you play over in Finland and also over here in the states. How do you think that that helps you? Um, as far as, um, you know, preparation for the game physically?
4: Uh, You know, I think that it helps and it it hurts somewhat as well. I mean, I played eight regular season games here in Indy, and then I went straight to, you know, eight more games there. Uh, Whereas I think it did – I was in in, in amazing shape once, you know, uh, halfway through my full football season. So going in to play with the Trojans – Going into playing running back when I was playing quarterback, uh, was a little bit of an adjustment at first. But since I'd already been playing a full season of football, it, it was a lot easier to do so. But it really does take a toll on your body, you know. Uh, maybe men play more games than we usually do. I'm not used to playing like 16 full games. So near the end of it, I had some my Achilles were really bothering me, and my body was was a little bit tired. But um, I do think that overall, it really it made me stronger, and I was probably in the best shape of my life um after that summer and even now now i'm in i think even better shape um and i'm really and now i know what it takes to to be in that kind of shape to to last a whole you know longer season two seasons in fact straight in a row so i'm taking good care of my body and uh i'm i'm really working on my stamina and my endurance and you know recovery because that's not something i've been very good at and stretching that is something that that they're very serious about in Finland, where I've always just kind of you know done the bare minimum, but we did yoga and we did stretching, and they do like really good warm ups which I think without that I don't know that I would have lasted the whole season so yeah
1: and turco turco's very competitive it was very competitive in the league uh very exciting, like you said earlier um all the all the aspect of that league is real exciting. Their national squad, top notch as well. When they pull from everybody, they've always been in the European scene very tough to beat as well. Um, you were at the 2014 Women's World Football Games, and this weekend in Orlando, uh, you know, obviously with Sam Rappaport's hard work and everything that she's put into it, and transitioning from USA Football to the NFL, um, did you get to see any of that stuff on social media as to the excitement there. I know it was really exciting the first year when it got to it, but now it's sort of fanfare in a lot of ways. And with the NFL now in conjunction, working it with the same weekend with the, you know, the junior high, the high school and women's, as well as the professionals um, sort of is everything coming together in terms of making people aware that uh, women's tackle football exists.
4: Yeah. You know, i I was at every single one of those. I was there since the inception first, second, and third year, so I was really, really sad that I couldn't make it this year. Um, But I did hear great things. Uh, One of our teammates, a couple of our teammates went, and actually she came straight from the airport to practice yesterday, and she told me all about it. Um, But what I did notice every year was that the organization was, was good from the beginning, but just you could really tell the input, the outside input grew and and interest grew. And, you know, last year having the New Orleans Saints host us was was phenomenal. It was such a great experience and it was really nice to have a little bit of a taste of, you know, how NFL players get treated. Um, Just to have those facilities, which, you know, we're so used to playing in whatever we can get, like, I mean, practicing in school gymnasiums or, you know, wet, soggy fields with no lights and car lights. I mean, I've done it all so uh and i think most female football players have so to see um all the hard work that sam put in and you know um the different people that 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 took part in that and to see how it grew over the years and so quickly in in 3 years and then this year to be you know at the uh the facilities in orlando and then for them to all get pro bowl tickets as well and the, the recognition you know that's a huge part of of the growth is outside recognition you know the, i saw something about the colts tweeting um, about the or maybe posting on their webpage about the the, the games and just um, being recognized by 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 the NFL and other sources like ESPN and stuff. It's I really feel like this is the time. You know, this is the time where we're at the we're at the the point where it's about to explode. And I feel so so lucky to be a part of that. And I was really really bummed that I couldn't go this year, but um, I was still following it and I've made so many friends from all around the world and all around the country, you know, through these camps. So I really do think that it's it's really helped the sport grow overall, not just in our country, but around the world. And uh, I think there's nothing else that you can compare it to, just to see um, how football players are, you know, are so similar, even though they're from opposite ends of the world. It's pretty incredible. And to learn from each other as well.
1: Leah, the, the excitement there was so... Um... I would say hollywood like but it was it was really exciting to see everybody from different uh, from the different teams and internationally as well and domestically and the the i don't know the the bonding uh within that time and then the excitement of the nFL umbrella over it the women's career forum i think is really a a great stepping stone because um, even if you don't get to a level where there's an actual professional women's league the opportunities can going to be afforded to you where based on your knowledge and skill sets and everything that you bring to the table as a, as a women's tackle football player now can be, you know, put into a, a club in terms of scouting administration, management, the, the vast opportunities where the owners and GMs of the NFL clubs now kind of realize that, okay, th- these are just not women tackle football players. These are actually people that we can, you know, bring into our organiz- organizations and really make an impact in terms of scouting, coaching, and other factors that would elevate the club to a different level. So I think that that right there in itself is a huge stride.
4: Absolutely. And I don't think that would have happened if, you know, we didn't lay the groundwork, you know, at first playing the game and showing that we know about the game, you know, and that we're passionate about the game. And then then that next level comes in. So I do think that just, you know, getting down and dirty and, and, and the grassroots of, of women playing football is kind of what maybe snowballed, you know, started that snowball effect. So I think that also contributes to the next level and the legitimacy of women in football. And so that is very exciting.
1: Yeah, we were talking about it, Kishi and I were talking about earlier about, you know, the, w, the NBA and the WNBA clubs really kind of working together in terms of trying to get the sport more aware. I think the next level for, you know, at, at the NFL is really to probably – Maybe hopefully set up some sort of NFL Europa, I mean, you know, a six to eight Absolutely. team national league, uh, you know, where the force maybe with the force maybe with you know uh, the Bears and all that stuff, and the Divas with the Redskins, you know, I mean just sort of that type of uh, hookup. And so if if it if it comes to play, I think it would be great. I mean they they spent all this money on NFL Europa and it kind of went in a bust in about three or four years. So. Uh, taking a gamble on the ladies, I don't think it's going to be such a, a bigger issue. You know what I mean? It could be actually more profitable if it's done right, especially with the um, the oversee of the NFL umbrella. So, um, Leah,
0: you know what? I don't want to put and, you on the
1: spot here. Are we going back to Finland, or are we staying in the States, <laughs> or are you, are you going to be a dual threat or a dual athlete uh, like Bo Jackson?
4: <laughs> so this is uh, my official announcement. I signed a contract Ooh. this morning. Uh, Drum with roll! The Helsinki Roosters. Congratulations! So I be, thank you. I'll be returning to Finland this summer. And actually, awesome. uh, going the, the team that you're beat going us, to
1: the champs in Finland?
4: <laughs> yeah, the team that beat us in the finals. But you know, uh, there were. Oh, okay, nice and <laughs> 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 Kevin Durant Kevin Durant, yeah.
3: Very hardworking. I know. Yeah, we had to pull the Kevin Durant on us. <laughs> <laughs> no, Breaking I'm, news no, here!
1: Leikausa is going to the Roosters in Finland. Just letting everybody know. Breaking news right here. First, first,
4: first shot out. <laughs> yeah, this is the first announcement. Yeah, and I talked to them today, and they said that they're going to go public with it tomorrow, and that I could talk about it tonight. But uh, I'm really excited that they did. You know, uh, welcome me to the team because uh, I think this will be a new challenge for me. They they have a, a big roster. They have a, a really experienced and and uh, Solid coaching staff, which I'm looking forward to learning from, and their work ethic is tremendous. So, uh, a lot of pressure for me. I'm going to start, you know, amping up my workout routine and, uh, you know, learning the playbook and stuff with them. So, I, I'm I'm really excited for a new experience in Finland. I'm I'm excited to go back to Finland. I have many friends there now. I love it, but this will be a whole new experience for me. So, I'm excited.
1: Wow, Leah, thank you for announcing it here. It was so actually totally awesome. Way to go. Congratulations. Way to
3: go.
1: Thanks, guys. Yeah, congratulations. (laughs) That's that's awesome. We're going to be keeping tabs on you. You know that. I've been keeping tabs on you since last year. (laughs) And when I was looking at all the stats, like you said, with the league format that it does, I mean, that was just totally just amazing. It was, you know, and then when you go to uh, the finals as well, um, you know, it was just like eye-opening for all of us to go. Oh, who is who is this person? And then you research. Oh, she's from the WFA at the Indy Crash, and then all of a sudden, superstar in Finland. So awesome work! Yeah.
4: <laughs> thank you so much. Appreciate it.
3: And thank you for representing so, uh, you the say... ladies' game. And thank you, I was yeah. going to tell you. Thank you also for representing the USA in the ladies' game overseas and helping to be a great ambassador on behalf of you know the women's sport here in the states.
4: Thank you. It's an honor, actually.
1: Leah, what's going to happen when uh, Turco faces uh, front and center? You got, you got the former players Uh, on there. That's going to be an exciting day.
4: So we won't actually play the Trojans this year. The Trojans uh, are going down to a different division, but uh, several of my former teammates have joined uh, one of the other Helsinki teams and I will be facing them. So Ah that'll that'll be interesting. Uh I'm not really sure how I feel about <laughs> that yet, but you know at the end of the day it's business and you know when you're on that field it's it's the the, the game is you know first and foremost and then we'll shake hands after. And really cool,
1: but really exciting times there because the they're, they're they're expanding. <laughs> really exciting there cuz they're expanding. Yeah. So that's a great thing for that league, the Maple League. It's they it's, really it's top notch and. in,
4: in this season. Yeah. I know there's some growing pains awesome. right now. With the changes they've made for some teams, but I think uh in the end they're they're really just trying to uh you know, grow their product and and I think that I think that it it's it's going to get better and better there as well.
1: Yeah, it's similar to the German league where you do a division a division 1, division 2 type format where you yeah. do that. So I think it, they've made a good decision going there. Um so Leah, thanks for the bomb on the show. This is awesome. Breaking <laughs> news right okay. here. She's going to the Binky Roosters, um, so it's awesome. I mean, we couldn't be more excited for you. Um, the w- Women's you. World Football Games, the, the weekend that's coming up, we got the IFAB World Championships in the summer. Um, you got Mexico now in the mix. You got Australia in the mix. Um, what do you think of that excitement? Just the fact that IFAB, we're going to have it in Canada of all places, which is your homeland.
4: Yeah. You know, I had an opportunity to try out for Team Canada. Uh, I missed the initial tryouts, but I contacted the coach, and uh, I sent him some some footage, and he, you know, granted me uh, the the ability to come to the, the, the tryouts, uh, the, the second round of tryouts. But unfortunately, I couldn't make it. But, you know, that would have been an amazing experience. Uh, I think it's going to be a great year, and I love the USA, but I would really like to see someone else give them a run for their money, you know, a more competitive uh, final game So just to see the overall growth of football Around the world You know the USA obviously it's our, our sport um, Initially uh, And you know we are the masters But I think it would be really exciting to see a little bit more You know competition But I think the the addition of new teams too that That's also very exciting And hopefully more and more teams join every year Because it just means a bigger expansion Of football around the world for women Which is ultimately you know the most I think the most important thing the growth of women's football. I talked I talk
1: to a couple uh, ladies up north, and I can tell you right now, they're not going to lose. The silver medal is not what they want. They want gold on gold land. So I can tell you it's pretty okay. exciting. Go Canada. I, everybody from the <laughs> WWCFL and the Maritime, and now the Blitz come into the WFA. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you pretty much all the girls on the Blitz, they know that you know this is their time. This is like they got to upset USA, basically. It's their main goal. Because two silver medals in the last two, uh, you know, last two tournaments, they, why not have gold on Homeland? That's going to be an awesome yeah. story. So we're with Perfect them well.
4: opportunity. Yeah, go Canada. I'm all about that.
1: <laughs> so there you go. So Troy, uh, this is a superstar elite athlete here that we, uh, we had to get her on. Uh, we were trying to get you on for a long time, Leah, but I know you're a busy girl and everything. So I really appreciate you making the time today and really, uh you know, helping us out with just, you know, the breaking news alone is just, we're totally ecstatic. So uh, hats off to you well, and, and you the, the career that you've put together so far. And then I, the Roosters are going to be very impressed. I can tell you that right now. They're going to be very impressed.
4: I sure hope so.
1: All right, Leah, can you give the fans, uh, before we uh, before we let you go here, give the fans a little bit about Indy. Uh, like I said, we're going to have that fundraiser. And then uh, where can they get tickets if they're going to be inclined to go to catch you guys out, especially the first game right out against the Slam, that should be a classic.
3: And then also so tell can... everybody where they can follow you, too, on social media so we can keep up with your amazing career this summer.
4: So um, you can you can contact us on the IndieCrash website, IndieCrash.com, uh, and you can always find us on Facebook as well, Indie Crash Football. You can buy tickets at the game. We play at Ron Colley High School. Um, or I think that you can request tickets online as well. I'm not 100% positive about that, but um, you can always reach out to us on our Facebook page. Um, you can follow me at lkazis7 on Instagram, or I'm just Leah leahkazis on Facebook. Um, not real savvy with the social media, but I'm getting there. I'm getting better. But I will I will post uh, more and more about football on my Instagram, so you can follow me there. Yay, we're going to have awesome. to do that so we can keep up with you overseas.
1: Oh yeah, I'll try to be better about. And poetry. the
0: roosters,
1: the roosters do a great job on their social media account. So hats off to them; they do a very good uh, job of showcasing their talented players on the on uh, Facebook as well as on their other mediums. So uh, congratulations to them too. So we're looking forward to that. Um, and the Indy Crash against the Slam, a successful season. Hopefully, at this point, based on what you're telling us right now, uh, they're re- they're ready and revved up. For the WFA 2017 season, especially in that Midwest division with uh, the Madison Blaze, and then they're going to play Columbus as well as your, you know, former rival Chicago and Kansas City. So, pretty exciting, uh, pretty exciting schedule coming rain. up for you guys. Yeah, oh yeah, I the Toledo rain think as think well. We
4: have a, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's, it's going to be a great season. I'm really looking forward to all the different games. Uh, I think uh, Chicago will be our toughest challenge, but. If there's any year that's going to be our year, I think it's going to be this year. And, uh, you know, um, definitely some changes that have gone on in Chicago as well. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I but think Kasafi's back, think... so that, should, that shouldn't yeah. scare anybody, right? Yeah, we know what to expect from Kasafi. She's a formidable opponent, um, but we kind of know her game style. So uh, I'm excited to see her back on the field.
1: Awesome. All right. So, Leah, thank you for making the time. I uh, appreciate it. We're going to be keeping tabs on you uh, in terms of the Indy Cross season as well as the overseas uh, slates with the uh, Helsinki Roosters. And I really appreciate you uh, breaking the news on our show. So, congratulations to you and your success. And hopefully, uh, everything works out and you stay healthy. And there's no uh, intangibles involved with injuries and stuff like that, how it can happen. But other than that, we'll cross our fingers and uh, look forward to uh, an amazing uh, highlight reel for you for 2017.
4: Thank you so much for the opportunity. Thanks, guys. And thank you for all you do for women's football. I really appreciate it. Thanks for coming on, Leah. All right. Thanks.
3: All
1: right. That was the cause of the Indy crash. And now uh, Bombshell, part of the Helsinki Roosters, the champions of the Finland League. Uh, so, uh, wow. There you go. So she's going to be overseas as 16-game season for this uh, this lady here. Um, I think she's going to have her body kind of pretty exhausted after getting off of the season in Finland, especially with the the amount of stuff. But you know, the opportunity is there for her to two championships. Helsinki pretty much owns the Maple League right now, so opportunity there for uh, a championship for and in Indy as well, based on the uh, changes with the tier system. So could be a dual champ in 2017.
3: Well, it's definitely going to be a season that we'll be looking forward to watching this year.
2: Troy, are you still there? Or you or you drop off. Nope, I'm here. Yeah, I was just, um, awesome. <clears> you know, <throat> getting a chance to marvel at her, you know, being able to play uh, pretty much year round, you know. Um, so, it, you know, I always look at that, you know, um, you, you see that more so in a basketball game. Um, where you have that, you know, six month season with basketball players and, you know, people wonder why, you know, these guys, you know, they're not really in the gym and lifting and things like that. But what they are is they're a fantastic basketball shape. And it's a little bit of the opposite of football. So it's like during the you know, the off season you don't get a chance to hit. And so NFL players, uh especially on the defensive side of the ball, they're still trying to work out, okay, um, you know, we haven't had contact since january and right now september and they expect me to go out and you know just be that you know football player that i've been but she gets a chance to you know kind of play the game a little bit year round so i think that's a fantastic way of staying in football shape and also having your skills sharpened but there is the opposite side of the wear and tear so that is a part of um you know it's pros and cons everything
3: Absolutely. Same thing with yeah, like baseball and um, hockey as well, with those extremely long seasons yep. and you know, not to mention double headers. Good lord.
1: Yeah, it, it's it's grueling. It's got to be grueling, especially like she was saying how conditioning's a key because you know having stretching and other techniques included because you you got to have that. Otherwise, you are going to wear down and and that's usually the case. So um, I don't know. It's just. She's just a fantastic uh athlete, uh woman and uh, all together and uh we're gonna you know be excited to cover her obviously with the Roosters and the crash this season and uh you know, another superstar right here in the WFA. So if you you got start looking at, you know, who is the superstars in this league, there you are, one of those dual threat, uh talented athletes right there. Uh we have so um congratulations to her and for uh breaking out those that news to us so we'll Watch out for the official um, um, announcement from the Roosters in the coming hours here. So uh, while we're excited about women's football, let's, say, uh, let's go into the women's recap here before we start our Super Bowl predictions and stuff. Um, 2017 Gridiron Victoria is going to be uh, announcing uh, the two new teams, Monash Warriors and the Western Crusaders, obviously are going to kick off the season. They added those two clubs on top of the Northern Lady Raiders. Uh, Geelong champion Bucks, the uh, Melbourne Uni Chargers, which had an amazing uh, finish last season. got the Quirton Rangers, uh, the Pakenham Silverbacks, the Ballarat Kessels, uh, Kesslers. And so the season will kick off uh, February 25th. It will be on the Ballarat Kesslers taking on the uh, Quirton Rangers. The champ Buccaneers will take on the uh, debut of the Mo'Rash Warriors. So I feel bad for them, uh, unless they can somehow muster up, but I feel bad for them already taking on the champs. The Lady Raiders will take on Packingham Silvers. That should be a good matchup. Uh, The Western Crusaders will take on the Uni Chargers, another test uh, for the debut of the Crusaders. So I'll be on the 25th. Coming up this February 4th, we have the FFFA Challenge Feminine. That's going to be the French League uh, third season. Very exciting uh, slates of games coming up on the 4th so uh, as soon as we get the uh, updates from FAF uh, football which is going to be our network partner out there in uh, France we'll get the details and the updates on a weekly basis so um, they've committed to doing that for us and we really appreciate that so it starts off on February 4th Uh, the international friendly between uh, Helsinki Wolverines and the Birmingham Lions out of the UK it's BAPA women taking on SAJL which is the Finland uh, League Uh, that's going to take place on february 11th you can get the details on our facebook page on the event the international friendly it's gonna be on february 11th uh we also uh week three previews are gonna be set up uh, by ffa and nfl hispano um coming up here in another couple days it's gonna be week three of the uh lnfa feminina in spain uh teresa reds uh, they're taking on the Barbera Rookies, the champs. Teresa comes out with a 14-0 win against uh, Badalona. Um, we'll see how they do against the champions here um, coming up this coming week. So our previews are going to be right there on our Facebook page as well. And shout out to, like I said, to NFL Hispano as well uh, for their coverage of the Spanish League. You can also follow the F FIFA Spain on Twitter at FEBA underscore Spain. The 74 ladies' uh, pre-selection for the Mexican team uh, were announced uh, thanks to our partner, uh, Tercer Cuarto. And so uh, the final uh, tryouts are going to be this coming February. I believe it's going to be the 4th and the 5th this weekend. They will narrow down the roster to 53, I believe, to 40, 53 to 45. Uh, once those are announced, uh, we'll figure out who made the roster from FX Mexico and Alexa and we'll update everybody on what the final rosters are at this point. Um, They're going to be uh, suiting up, obviously, for the IFAB World Championships in the summer, and they're going to be taking on, obviously, USA and Canada. So the Mexican team is going to be top-notch as well with two, two good leagues that we've covered for a long time, similar to the WFA and IWFL in the States, as well as the WWCFL and the MWFL in Canada, the FFX and Lexfa. It's going to suit up and put a squad together. As well, the Australian Outback team in about three weeks here will also finalize their roster. Uh, Coach Kaneki, former uh, championship, IFAB World Championship uh, coach, is now going overseas to train the uh, Outback squad, uh, taking on his former country, which is the USA squad. Should be beneficial to see how Australia will do based on his leadership. And his results from two past tournaments, taking USA and having nobody score on them except for Germany. I think Germany is the only one that have scored on Team USA uh, six points. So the Germans have accomplished something that nobody else had accomplished in two years. The other trial notes here, and let me just run by all this. Uh, national trials for USA football, the results and final roster, I'm being told, will be completed within about three weeks. So by the end of February, we should know who is on the USA national team from WFA, IWFL, and the other leagues, and who has returned and who's not going to be returning. Very competitive, especially now with everything that's going on. Um, Over 200 uh, women were at the Women's World Football Games this past week in conjunction with the NFL Pro Bowl. Check out all the stuff that that happened this past weekend on our Facebook page as well, at Gridiron Beauties. Um, we had No Joke Football supporter Phoebe Schettler and Iroha Turlock from Australia. They were, uh, you know, give a shout out to the Colts for uh, doing their actual um, night's nice coverage on their page, uh, showcasing the, the women at the WW, uh, WWFG Game 4 that came out to us. Um, there's a cool feature on our Facebook page, check it out. On Facebook, uh, the Great Armor Beauties, uh, Katie Anita, the spotlighted, the legendary Katie Anita spotlighted by Teen Vogue on uh, her football career as well as her challenges and the rape, rape culture issues that still exist in some of the uh, areas in the country. So it's a really good piece. Check it out on our Facebook page uh, via Teen Vogue. Uh, congratulations to Candy Cook, who uh, plays for the w, uh, WFL um, uh, Rangers out of Merida in, uh, down south. And she, uh, just like Anna Garza, traveled to Chicago for, this, for the tryouts um, that were uh, put together by Zyback Sports. And so she made the first cut, so she's looking forward to the second cut. So we'll see how she does if she makes the Chicago Bliss roster, which is top-notch veteran roster. So um, Shout-out to Mark Steffery for Fourth and Feminine. Uh, he made a, a, an article on covering the events of this past week with the Women's World Football Games, NFL, uh, and everything involved with the sport. Um, so shout-out to him for doing a great job. And you can actually see it on our Facebook uh, page, Great Iron Beauties, as well on on that site and on um, the link there for it as well. And we're looking forward to the Roosters announcement of Leah Kazla, who's going to go to the Maple League to compete with uh, overseas. So uh, really exciting times in all the games that are coming up here. A um, lot of stuff. And then we even haven't uh, – I totally forgot – LVFa, which is uh, the Liga Valenciana. Uh, Valenciana. Uh, the Black Demons are going to be taking on this weekend. Um, I think they're taking, let me see my notes here. Oh, they're taking on the Al- Alicante Sharks on February 12th. So we'll keep tabs on that and post it up there. So um, I'm out of breath, but a lot of stuff going on in the women's game. And uh, look, thank you to all our network partners for keeping us up to date and giving us all the info and keeping us in the know. Um, check out our Facebook page. And uh, share our posts as well as our podcasts. And uh, also on Twitter, you can stay up to date daily on Twitter. Um, breaking news, health tips, and in the NFL insights. Check out our Instagram now. Um, you got Courtney uh, from the Indy Crash uh, at the WWFG, as well as um, Car- uh, Carly Dyke of the um, Saskatoon Valkyries uh, as well on there. And you can check out our Instagram gallery of the best athletes showcased globally in the women's game. Um, you can cover, uh, everything recaps, all things, women's great inspiring stories on our Facebook page. So, uh, that's pretty much it guys. Um, I'm out of breath. Um,
3: we're going to talk Super lot, Bowl now, you know, what? that's a, that's a beautiful thing though. I mean, the fact that you're out of breath is a beautiful thing because that means that there's a lot going on. And again, it also continues to validate why we do what we do every week.
1: Oh, and I totally forgot also here. Here's my note. Uh, which I should have said. Uh, tomorrow is February 1st, and it is uh, Women's Football, uh, Women's Sports Foundation, National Girls Women's Sports Day tomorrow. So if you want to participate, uh, I totally encourage all the women's gridiron players uh, use the hashtag NGWS, NGWS, uh, hashtag Girl with Game. You can also add our hashtag at No jug Football. And so tomorrow, February 1st is. National Girls Women and Sports Day. So uh, join in tomorrow, first thing in the morning. Use the hashtag NGWSD. So. Um,
3: and often. next weekend, I will be. And next weekend, I too will be participating in a program here in the D.C. area, highlighting, promoting, and supporting uh, women's sports. So um, you know, definitely, like you said, it, this is our time. And of course, you know, February is uh, Women's Healthy Heart Month, so what better month to promote all of this wonderful information and knowledge about female sports and helping women get healthy, and I have my own little announcement to make that I have gotten back Help Me Jesus in the gym, and I did my first Zumba class in forever. Uh, A lot of people don't know I was in a car accident um, almost a year ago, and it really was a little, uh, you know, can't go into too much detail about it, but basically, this was, you know, the first time I was able to start working out again, and I really missed it, and I really missed being physically active. So I'm, I'm so happy to be able to do that again. Couldn't go full strength. Awesome, of course, Great for you. Know. you. Thank you. So, you know, we've got to do our do. I got to do our own part for Women's Healthy Heart Month. So, you know, I'm excited Not to enough. be able to continue to promote women and women's health.
1: Yeah, it's, you know what? Uh, my neighbor, who's like sixty something, well, seventy five actually. I was trying to scale down his age because you know you, you can do that uh, when you're older. But anyways, he's over seventy, and he, you know what he tells me. It's as it's as uh, the physical fitness part of it is as important as a doctor's appointment. You got to show up. And it's true. Absolutely. It's really true. So, you know, he goes, "We don't make the oh, time. Yeah. We make excuses." So it's like, okay, I understand. That's it's so true. I mean, I couldn't, there's no debate there. You, we don't make the time. <laughs> there's no excuses. It's like you got to make the time. So, it's true. Oh he no, is, exactly um, you gotta true. Stay, you got to stay in shape. Yeah, you got to stay in shape. Of course.
2: Oh yeah, Absolutely. I'm a I'm a big advocate of I'm a big advocate of working out. I mean, so I I've been basically exercising and working out since I was three years old, and that's that's been a, that's not even a lie. So <clears throat> I always feel like the need of being able to take care of yourself and 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 uh, you know being physically fit, and it's good that you're finally getting a chance to do that, <clears throat> especially after the accident in case you... Yeah, well, yeah, you exactly.
3: Know, before, well, a lot yeah. Of people, well, and it really hurt. It, it, it I really felt it this year with my cheerleading season because I was devastated because I couldn't work with my girls, you know. Um, and, as most of our listeners know, you know, I coach cheerleaders and this year I literally could not coach my girls because I did the, I couldn't do anything, you know. I I tried yeah, to jump and my limitations were just crazy. It was just, you know, and it I I was so frustrated. I remember crying because not cheering, not being out there with the kids, not being a part of that. I mean, of course you're on the sideline, but you know you're out there and you're trying to teach a a move, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, okay, someone else coming to teach that, but no one's going to teach your stuff the way you want it taught, you know. And you guys have been in the game, you understand what it's like, you know. You have a coach, but if they're not the one calling the plays. Is not necessarily the same thing. So even though I can make up the play, if you're not calling it the way I want it, or
2: you know, it it
3: it, it really does matter. And in addition to that, I also used to do kickboxing. And so I mean, we talk about being healthy. We talk about you know, Lee and the other ladies being able to stay in shape. And you really underestimate how much you miss being physically active until it's taken away from you. And I'm sure Holly can totally agree. You know, she talked last year about, you know, her injury and, you know, what that did for her. So uh, afterward I was totally able to relate, you know, to everything she was saying.
1: Hey, speaking of Holly, uh, there's a picture of the Colts that took where she's uh, actually eyeing uh, OJ OJ on a play. So uh, congratulations to her. She's back on the field, total beast on the field. So uh, you have it on our Facebook page as well. So, shout out to Holly Custis.
3: Oh my God, Holly's absolutely amazing, and 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 I'm so proud of her and all the hard work she's put into getting back and getting herself, as you said, Troy, in football ready shape. And after that injury, that certainly is no easy feat.
2: No, 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 she's done a good job. that's always the biggest concern coming off an injury is getting back in that football shape. It's one thing to extend your legs under under some kind of weights and things like that, but how are you going to move laterally? Um, but all of that kind of goes along with it. I mean, trying to strengthen up everything around it. And, you know, we don't. I don't really think we do that enough. Is um, you know, pay attention to those areas where you know we we are concerned or we're weak at, and trying to strengthen those weaknesses, but you know, you have to do it. And, you know, I just I I'm look I'm checking Holly out all the time and seeing how she's moving on the field. So she looks happy. I'm happy to see my girl out there playing L B again. So definitely gonna be keeping my eye out for the season. Yeah, she's gonna be back stronger. Um I can I can tell already from uh
1: Scott McCarran's posts on there that she, he's looking forward to having her back of course and especially with the the new season here in Majestics, really want to have her back because it's just a key component of their uh or aggressive uh, defensive play. So, uh, but it was that cool? A cool uh, shot. Uh, Holly on, you know, on the chase for O.J. Jenkins. So uh, the, you can check it out on our Facebook page, as well as you can check it out on the uh, Colts Indianapolis Colts dot uh, com uh, website, and they got the um, Women's World Football Games four highlights from the event. So uh, thanks to them as well. Um, Troy, uh, let's break down Atlanta. Uh, and find out here, TB12. Um, you know th- that's the challenge. I think more so than anything. Um, let's you know let's break down Atlanta here. We're looking at a very a, a potent offense, but are we overlooking a, a, a defense?
2: Well, I mean the, the one thing that Atlanta has is they have a lot of team speed, and when you have team speed. And if you get a chance to, you know, uh, coach these kids up a little bit, then, you know, you start to – what you start to get is playmakers. And that's what you saw toward the end of the year. I mean, you had a rookie out there at uh, free safety, uh, Keanu Neal. Uh, He started to come along. Uh, You had your first-round draft pick from last year, uh, Vic Beasley. Uh, Last year he didn't do much. This year led the NFL in sacks. So what you see is young people stepping up. And and you know making key plays. You, know, you also had Dion Jones. uh was on linebacker at LSU. He took over the middle linebacker position. And what you the, the thing is that you can say about all three of those players is they have awesome awesome speed. And so what they wanted to do was get faster and get quick on that defensive side of the ball. Mentally, they didn't start really getting it together until like toward the end of the year. But what you saw them make was plays here and there. And, you know, when, when you start to have – when you guys start to make plays with, with your fast NFL players, that's when you're you're starting to come together and, and formulate that defense. I think next year will be their biggest leap because I think everyone is starting to get more acclimated to it. So when, you, when you're when looking at the defensive side of the ball, I think next year they'll be much better. But I don't really think New England is really fairing them, especially the way that they game plan they can account for that kind of speed being, you know, using counter plays and they use a lot of misdirection. And of course, Tom Brady is awesome with the play action pass. So I think it kind of bodes well for new England on that side of the ball, even though you do see a whole lot of athleticism on that Atlanta side.
1: And Keisha, you agree? You agree that this, this is basically, uh, Atlanta's game to lose at this point It's because they're coming in as underdogs, but, uh, New England basically expect everybody expects New England to win basically if you really look at the odds and makers.
3: Everybody does expect New England to win. However, I think that the difference maker is going to be Atlanta's defense. Um, and we always say that defense wins championships, and in this case, in order to win, the defense has literally got to do the same thing to Tom Brady that they did to Aaron Rodgers. They got to hit him, hit him hard, hit him in the mouth, hit him fast, and hit him often because last year's AFC Championship game against the Broncos proved that once you rattle Brady and you throw him off his game, much harder for him to recover. And no matter what anybody says, there is still some psychological – something back there from that time he had that ACL injury. Because you know, when you have that kind of injury and you know that someone's coming and coming for you fast, and we've talked about the fact that Brady is not a scrambler. He is a traditional pocket passer. If you if Atlanta wants to win, they're going to have to win it on defense. They're going to have to create those turnovers and put their offense in the best position to have as much time on the field for time of possession to score as many points as possible. That's the, uh, that's the uh, formula for the uh, Falcons
1: to finally win their first Super Bowl. Yeah, Dan Quinn, I think well, is going to be very key here because defensively they've played an aggressive style of defense. Uh, I don't know if the uh, Patriots this year have seen that in any of their games.
2: Well, I mean that's that's a great point because I mean the Patriots have played some notoriously uh, weak offenses uh, this year. And, you know, a lot of people kind of account that to their defense. But at the same time, listen, when you step out on that field, your job is to shut down the other side of the offense. I mean, you can't make these guys better. So, you know, what they've done is effectively done their job. And you see that across the board on that Patriots defense. Uh, But going back to that Atlanta defense, um, the one thing that you didn't see out out of, um, you know, when he was in Seattle, was a whole lot of blitzing, and then you see a change in that now, where the Falcons are kind of blitzing off the edge. They're bringing corners. The thing is, is that with Tom Brady, it's one thing to play against, you know, um, you know, a few uh, more inexperienced uh, quarterbacks. But listen, you're talking about Tom Brady. He hasn't. He's seen every blitz you can think of. There's nothing new that you're going to show him. So, are you going to bring those blitzes? How are you going to disguise them? If you can confuse Tom Brady, more power to you. But I just think, you know, with with the way that this guy, with his football acumen, it's going to be a really tough job for that for that, uh, Atlanta uh, Falcons defense to make some serious moves against the New England offense.
3: Well, I think it's going to be really and truly a matter of two things. Can you stop the run and can you stop in the pass rushing? Now, here's the thing that makes Brady so dangerous, especially as a pocket passer in this, not only his football I, um, acumen, but also his ability to read the defenses, is that Brady reminds me of a traditional point guard in the NBA. He just passes the ball around. You keep passing the ball, you keep passing the ball, you never know who's going to get it. That is the one thing I think that hems up most other quarterbacks is that they find their go-to guy, they build that chemistry, they build that relationship with that one or two individuals like Tony Romo and Witten. And I think that what continues to amaze people is that Brady continually is successful with all these random upstarts. I mean, I think they made the – I read somewhere that literally there's only one person that started in the AFC championship game that was a first-rounder. Everybody else was, like, second, third, fourth, and, of course, Brady infamously, uh, you know, a fifth-round guy himself. So that – is going to be the difficult part. But you get one or two good pass rushers to get in there and break through the offensive line, that's what it's going to take. Not so much a whole full-on um, defensive line blitz. It's going to have to be one or two pass rushers getting in there and everyone else being ready to stop the run.
2: Yeah, and Atlanta Falcons, they have the personnel to do that. I mean, you got Brooks Reed, who they bought in exactly. over there from Houston. Um, he's coming off that, that left defensive side. You got Vic Beasley, led the NFL in sacks. They, and then what they also do is move Rasheed Hageman. Uh, he's also a defensive lineman out of Minnesota. This is his third year. They move him down to the defensive tackle, and they have him rushing the passer. The old old guard, uh, Justin Babineau, uh, they got him a defensive tackle to rush the passer. And then also, again, Deion Jones, extremely fast uh, linebacker that they have back there. So if they blitz him, he can get there in a hurry, or he can cover the backside of the backfield, which the New England Patriots do very well. So they do have the personnel. Are they going to have the mental makeup to keep up with that fast-paced New England uh, I mean, offense Excuse me, with Tom Brady out there?
3: Well, that's why I said it's going to be critical that they not totally do these full-on blitzes because if you full-on blitz Brady, all he needs is a couple of seconds and trust and believe if everyone's on him, you don't want to leave Julian Edelman open in the backfield. You don't want to leave Gronk open because once Gronk, you know, is available, it, it, that's all she wrote. But, I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's it's totally about being able to manage both sides of the ball and the infamous, infamous play clock management. That is what literally killed my beautiful Cowboys with some poor uh, play clock management as well as, you know, time of possession. Because for the Packers to be able to pull off that last second win was just the heartbreak of all heartbreaks. And and I think that this game is going to, again, come down to time of possession. And in order for the Falcons to win, They've got to be able to create defensive turnovers. And that is very hard to do against the Brady offense.
2: Yeah, it's going to be yeah, pretty I, mean, only, uh, I agree with that. Brady's only thrown two interceptions in a regular season, and he's thrown two in the postseason. So, four interceptions all year. So, yeah, exactly. If you can't turn the ball over, it's going to be a long day for their Falcons team.
3: That's why you've got to force the fumbles. I think that what they do is, yeah. you know, Hit Brady hard, but like you said, he's he's too good. He's not going to throw the interception, but you can force a fumble off of one of the running backs. And that's where, you know, I, I, like I said, you got to create the turnovers. I didn't say where you create them and say how you create them. But look, I mean, even Aaron Rodgers, I think what he'd only thrown two or three interceptions before the game with the Cowboys, and the same thing, you know, when they played against the Falcons. And that's why I'm saying the fact that they were able. To keep Rodgers on his butt, strip the ball, and to pick him, those are critical factors. You're not going to be able to do that with Brady, so you're going to have to be able to hit him and get him and get the sacks, and then force the fumbles on the running backs. And I think that's where you're going to have to be able to make that defensive stop.
1: The the history the history books here is going to show um, Dan Quinn trying to beat Belichick once again because, remember, he got beat by – he beat the Seattle Seahawks when he was in Seattle. So this is a big test for the coach, too, you know, coming into this game, trying to upset not just the quarterback, but really working on a legendary coach.
3: Well, that would be possible if his uh, offensive line coach – I mean, if an offensive coach could not uh, have his book bag missing for an hour or so (laughs) with the playbook (laughs) (laughs) I was like, what is it about every time somebody plays the Patriots, sorry, Erica, there's just some crazy shenanigans that seems to happen. The the Steelers. There you go with the evil empire again. I'm just saying. Shanahan and I know what the you're saying. Book bag. The fire the alarm MacBook. at the hotel. And in, in Shanahan and the missing book bag, you know, I, I, of course it was a reporter. Not a member of the offensive line or one of the offensive staff or some little nobody intern who just happened to get some press credentials who happened to walk in and, oh, look at that book bag. Oh, this isn't my book bag. No, we're not videotaping anything.
1: <laughs> Conspiracy theories. It, it, it's the Gate. It's almost everything
2: comes so, up to this so email. now. It's this, kind of like a history. Self-inflicted this term. Self-inflicted? <laughs> they was totally
3: self-inflicted as we videotape you in your practice. And, no, we didn't videotape you. Oh, we weren't supposed to be on that side of the field. Oh, it's our time. I'm sorry. We, you know, we read that wrong.
2: I think the only reason people say that is because simply they win. You know, people don't like consistent winners. I mean, you see the same thing with LeBron James and. You know, the garbage he goes through, you know, the guy's the it's best true. player in the world. It's very but, true. You know, and they attack him because of that. They just don't like to see people win, especially if, especially as long as the the Patriots have been winning. You know, I kind of remarked to that last week is um, this is the first time any team's ever played in, you know, this many Super Bowls. So, I mean, I just, you know, for them to be able to have a chance to win you know, five Super Bowls, and the, and the Steelers have six. It's just, you know, they are the empire, man. You know, and it was the same thing with the Steelers in the seventies. People, if you either hated the Steelers or you loved the Steelers, it was just that simple. Uh, same thing with the Cowboys and in the, the Cow- 90s. You know, and
3: the Cowboys, the Cowboys in the seventies because of the now the eighties we were some babbage, but the Cowboys of the seventies, even if we didn't win the Super Bowls, we certainly got to the NFC Championship and or. Right. The Super Bowl, but yeah, you're absolutely exactly. right. People,
2: yeah.
3: we we say we like dynasties, but we really don't like dynasties.
2: Yeah, this is, this it's, it's an overreaction. If it it it's an overreaction, it's, I think it's, it's an overreaction, like the you a team Than it is to break them down. You know,
1: exactly. All right. um Let's talk Patriots to beat Atlanta. Key factor, is it Deion Lewis? Troy, is, it gonna, is that going to be the X factor? He's like, I think, 16-0 and 0 since he started playing for them. So uh, r- the running game, do you think, will be the key for, um, for New England, maybe, to uh, test the uh, Atlanta defense?
2: Well, that's the thing. I mean, w- when it comes to New England, you know, uh, if you think of – certain teams, if you think of the Seattle Seahawks, what do you think of? You think of defense, or you think of Russell Wilson? If you think of the Atlanta Falcons, you think Julio Jones, and then you think Matt Ryan. But what the Packers, what the Patriots do so well, okay, even with that Hall of Famer, best quarterback of all time, Tom Brady back there, is that they will attack you where you're the weakest. You've seen games where you have LeGarrett Blunt that goes out there, and he runs for three touchdowns, and then you see another game you know, the next game over where Brady throws for 400 yards or four touchdowns, they will attack where you are weaker. And so that's the great thing about having to prepare for the Patriots is that they can play well in whatever area you don't. And I just think that's great coaching that they have there. You see them line up in five wide receiver sets. You see them line up in two tight end, three tight end sets. You see them line up in, you know, uh, regular I formation and they can beat you in every single way. But I just think that the key to the game will be the running game. Legarrett Blunt led the NFL in touchdowns, uh, uh rushing touchdowns. A lot of people really don't even he's uh, so under the radar because of their star status that they have when they with Tom Brady that people don't even realize that. But I just think them being able to run the ball with LeGarrette Blunt I think he's the biggest X factor. Is he going to be able to punish that that uh, smaller Atlanta front? They, especially when they go into the nickel situation, are they going to be able to try to stop the run at that point when they bring the smaller players on the line? I think that'll be the biggest issue for Atlanta's defense.
3: I think I agree with you. Garrett Blunt is definitely going to be the X factor. I mean, last year it was you know everybody was going back and forth between Le'Veon Bell and the glare and. Um, like Garrett Blunt and who was better, who was better. And then last season, Tom Brady hardly used him. This season, you know, jamming him down people's throats. And the other person who I just hate to even mention his name because yeah, I'm Petty Labelle. But that darn Martellas Bennett, you know, I don't know who this person is or who he became after he left the Cowboys, but you know, that's another person as a as a tight end who really doesn't get the recognition he deserves for what he brings to the game as another offensive weapon for Brady.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, is, you know, he's Yeah. He's he's been a great addition and they they added him because they knew um, you know, Gronkowski's been injured pretty much the last two seasons and it wasn't much different this year. He he's also out for the season right now. So Bennett will be their their top guy at the tight end position. But that's why they brought him in there is to be able to, you know, in case Grant went down, to have someone who can still stretch the field and give you great minutes at the tight end position. And then they also brought in Chris Hogan. Chris Hogan got it, he barely even played college football and, and now he's playing for the Patriots. We had a great season last year with the Bills, showed some explosiveness and then signed with the free as a free agent for New England this year. And he's really paid off with scoring two touchdowns in the championship game. So, Edelman, of course, that's the big name wide receiver you have there. And then you also have Danny Amendola. So, this team is really prepared at every single position for whatever. And then you also have the young kid, Marcus Mitchell, out there. So, I'm just looking to see how many, you know, how Brady's going to spread them out. And I think he's also going to be able to nullify that pass rush because he gets the ball out faster than any NFL quarterback I think it was in like an average of 2.8 seconds per, per pass play, which really negates any kind of pass rush you can possibly have.
3: That's, yeah, well, considering he's a more traditional pocket passer, you absolutely have to be able to do that. Between him and the speed at which he is able to get the ball out of his hands and Aaron Rodgers with that pinpoint accuracy, that's literally the, the factors that make them two of the best quarterbacks in the NFL.
1: Should we be talking about seven Super Bowl appearances by both the quarterback and the coach? Is this a storyline that they are, they're here seven times? And the fact that Belichick is about to surpass Chuck Knowles, is that something that, that you, I is, think, you know, is it overshadowing? That I, or is it, is, I mean, this is very well, impressive.
3: It's extremely it's extremely impressive, but I think part of the difference is that Chuck Knowles is a football legend, and He's not just a football legend for his football acumen, but he's a legend for his thirst and quest for knowledge and his strictness and adherence to detail and regimen. And I think that those are the two factors between both of these two great coaches that I think is what's propelling both of their teams. You know, everyone knows it's just legendary about the differences between, you know, Brad Shaw and Knowles in terms of discipline and undiscipline. And I think that the difference is that Brady bought in to Belichick because they're so symbiotic in terms of their dogged determination for perfection. But I think people just still don't like Bill Belichick, and I think that's part of the problem. They don't want to put him on that same level with a Chuck Noll.
1: Troy, should we open you, a Pandora's you, box and say, do we need to rename the Lombardi Trophy to the Belichick Trophy?
2: Yeah, absolutely, man. Listen, Hell Bill Belichick no. is the best coach. Bill Hell Belichick no. is the best coach of all time. He is the greatest coach and, of and all time. And you guys know I don't curse. <laughs>
3: And you all know I'm going to curse on the air, but this time it was absolutely positively worth it. No. It's the Lombardi. It's going to stay the Lombardi, and I I don't ever want to see that change because of what he did to
2: this game. He he is the absolute best coach of all time. This guy's led one franchise to seven Super Bowls, seven. That's, That's incredible. That's an incredible run. And, you know, to and, and most people sit back and say uh, either one or the other. Oh, the only reason Tom Brady is good is because he got Belichick. Oh, well, the only reason Tom, uh, Belichick is good is because he got Tom Brady. Bull oh, crap. Both of those guys had successes without each other, and, and not so much with Brady with the, in the pro game because he's only been in one place with one coach, and that's the truth. But the bottom line is Tom Brady has been in four different offensive systems. You had when initially they were just running the ball and then doing short passing with Corey Dillon. Then you had that wide-open offense with with Charlie Weiss. It was five wide receivers, and Randy Moss was out there, and these guys were going no huddle. And then you had the double tight end offense when you had Gronkowski and uh, Aaron Hernandez out there. And then you have a hybrid of that right now. My thing is the reason why I say Belichick is the best is because he has adjusted to his personnel and not the other way around. He hasn't tried to necessarily, oh, you got to fit this offense. What he what he saw was, listen, I can win with this too. And then he emphasized that. And so now what you've got is you have a system that people have tried to duplicate, but they cannot. You have many of his coaches who came out of there, Charlie Weiss, uh, you know, tried to go so elsewhere and build a program, Bill Bradley. He's trying to do that down in Houston. Uh, but these guys haven't had the same success as Bill had. So, to me, when you sit back and say that and you can't duplicate the system easily because it's, it's so regimented, I just think that, for me, bodes well for him being the best coach of all time, not to mention what he did with that Giants defense, who had two of the biggest upsets in NFL history when he beat the Bills in the, in the, in the Super Bowl. And then also, previous to that, they beat the Vaughn 49ers, who I believe were 15-1 and one in that season, and they beat Montana, and they shut those guys down and beat them 10-9. I just think when you look at that body of work, he is the best coach of all time.
3: That's no, I'm not going to dispute that he is a great coach, and he is he is clearly a great coach. I mean, even though the other coaches have not been able to replicate his success, again, you can go back and look at a Nick Saban, who was with him in Cleveland. You can look at Ozzie Newsom, who is an excellent GM down here in Baltimore with the Ravens, who is also with um, – um, Belichick in Cleveland. Um, Mike Holmgren, if I remember correctly, was also with them in Cleveland. So even if people have not been able to replicate his exact body of work, clearly there are others who were on that team that were also able to benefit. And and I honestly think that had that those great minds stayed together, they could have totally turned the Browns around, and we'd be talking about a totally different uh Cleveland Browns as opposed to the Patriots. But that said, I still would not change the title of the Lombardi Trophy. Give him something. So different. you would not? No, not at all. That's like, that's let like me changing the you. name of the Lamar Hunt. That's like changing the name of the Lamar Hunt Trophy. We're not going to do that. I'm not going to say that, Brady doesn't, that, that Belichick doesn't deserve something named after him. But not the Lombardi Nope not gonna do it
1: After tonight I can tell you Erica will be saying Luke I am Your father if he wins The Super Bowl It's gonna be <laughs> the evil empire
0: <laughs>
1: I'm serious Hey but you when know he what stands over Dan is. Quinn he's gonna say that Dan I am your father It's really gonna fall down to that
2: Unfortunately Well Belichick is gonna be like a great artist you, you guys aren't going to appreciate him Until he's gone It's
1: true, very true, Troy
3: We totally appreciate him I, I greatly appreciate him Is he warm and fuzzy? No Is he, you know, that the <laughs> Warm and fuzzy make you, Yeah, there's no warm and fuzzy He's not <laughs> a John Gruden This is the same know, girl that wanted uh, Tony yeah. Romo
1: to be in the Super Bowl And they not on the bench
3: don't and play not with give Dak. Don't state. play. Come on. Oh, are you kidding me? I wanted Zach to get his glory. I just simply said I wanted Romo for one quarter. Not the same thing. But it, what he but think about it. Bill Belichick is not a Tony Dungy where you just, you know, are instantly drawn to him for his warmth and and, and, and his integrity and his morals <laughs> and his Bill Belichick is strictly <laughs> football. Nothing more, nothing less. And you respect his mind, and you respect nothing else but his mind. So I'm very clear on that. There's no at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I'm still not giving him, not giving him the – Troy, no, I'm Troy, this is
1: not about fuzziness and fleeces, right? This is a man's <laughs> sport. You don't need a coach up there going, hey, let me give you a hug. Let me give you a hug. You
3: know,
0: he just, he just does job sizey, his talking, job and expects a to do job.
3: Yeah, 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 whatever. When I'm saying hmm. warm and fuzzy, I'm talking about someone with whom you can connect. For example, um, again, I'll go back to John Gruden. When John Gruden we love you. We love you. Line, whatever. When John Gruden was on the sideline before he got in the booth, you know, he was that jokey, young, hey, you know, I'm approachable kind of a so – No, Bill, he was Bill, not. Belichick, Bill Belichick reminds me <laughs> no, of – No, he was <laughs> That's who he reminds me of. Bill Belichick reminds me of Popovich. He's the Popovich of the NFL.
2: You, if you ask any quarterback or any offensive player how nice John Gruden is, I, I, I will wait for that one. I want you to YouTube John Gruden coaching <laughs> quarterbacks. Please do that. You I'm, tell talking me how about with the, I'm strictly that
3: talking is. about with the media. No, no, no. I'm, strictly t- I'm not talking about with the players. I'm talking about with the media. My 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 response is strictly with regards to his interaction with the media. I don't care how he is with his team because I don't play under him. What I'm talking about is strictly who is he with the media and who is he to the public. And those are the things and the factors about which I'm talking is the public persona. And I, I, so their players, no, they're probably all dictators and tyrants as well. They should be. They're not here to hold your hand and sing kumbaya. But I'm talking about what's the uh, public persona of them, and that's the difference when I'm using the terminology.
1: Tori Sean Salisbury says that uh, if Brady wins, this is it—the above Montana, the next level—and we should be telling I'd, everybody that this is the greatest quarterback
2: that they ever play the game. I still believe he is, I, even if he doesn't win this game. I believe Tom Brady is the best quarterback of all time. I just—it's not even necessarily about numbers. Just the same way as if you look at Montana's numbers, his numbers aren't the best of all time, but he flat out won. My thing is, is mastery of the game and how excellent this guy is. I mean, he's 39 years old. He looks like he's playing at a level where he's 27. Not to mention the guy looks like he's about 27. He, he I mean, he's, he's awesome. He's. I mean, Tom Brady for me is the best quarterback of all time. There's never been a quarterback that's been to more than six Super Bowls. This guy's. I mean, I mean, no more than seven Super Bowls. He's been to seven Super Bowls. He, he's the best quarterback of all time. To me, it's hands down. It's not even close. Hey Troy, is it because he plays in a that weak
0: AFC
1: East and he got over all these opportunities? Oh, that's
2: well, a I valid mean, point. Well, I mean, if you think about it. Um, His games against the NFC East, I mean, against the AFC East, are way less than than it is against everyone else. I mean, because, you know, he has to play those teams twice, and that's six games out of the ten that he has to play. So, he's been excellent against every team that he's played. You know, there's only really one team that's really had his number or, you know, can't kind of get under the skin, and that's Denver. Um, but he kind of, you know, it, it's 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 almost a fifty-fifty thing. It's not a, you know, sixty-forty or anything like that. But you know, that's really the only team that kind of gives him problems, and he's he's pretty much handled those guys pretty well this year. And when they weren't in the playoffs, that was a clear kind of sign that, you know, they did definitely had the leg up, especially with them having a home field advantage. And here's the other thing: in the past, you know, seventeen seasons, they've been in the playoffs sixteen times. Come on now, I mean that's 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 excellence right there. It's it's just the, the way that they play football, and the way Tom Brady is out there. To me, the way he prepares and uh, you know make sure his body is right, uh, he, he doesn't look like he's missing a step. He has said before he wants to play till he's forty five, and the way he's playing right now, I could definitely see it. Unless you know, but you know, when it comes to the older guys, they kind of fall off the cliff, kind of like how Peyton Manning did. But I just don't anticipate seeing that anytime soon, the way this guy takes care of himself. And and especially he doesn't take a whole lot of punishment. He rarely gets hit because he gets the ball out so fast.
1: The offense, the uh, scheme uh, protects him in a lot of ways. But, no, the point was that the division hasn't been a strong division to, you know, contest them until they get to that next level. And I know, you know, the games are set the the way they are. But a lot of people say, okay, well, he's got an easier road to the playoffs. So that, that'll be their mock pretty much. But to your point, he has, you know, uh, beaten the top-level teams with to get to the Super Bowl. So you still have to play that, for, you know, the, the playoff round. Just because you get there doesn't mean you're going to go all the way. So uh, I guess it's a kind of a double-edged sword, added, you know, analogy. Uh, or somebody that's they're jealous the, the, and says, well.
2: They're the Ric Flair of the NFL. That's what they are. <laughs> they're the Ric Flair of the NFL. Little WWE reference there for y'all.
1: No, oh, yeah, no. We start our show with a WWE reference, so we're always good with that.
2: Yeah, I just the um, Ric Flair, huh?
3: Kinda... That's a that's an interesting oh, yeah. analogy. Hey,
2: to be the beat the man. Rick. You it gotta beat the man. To be the man, you got to beat the man. There
3: yeah,
1: but not I, w- I, like I didn't out. appreciate Cena getting 16 world titles that quickly. I think it's kind of diluted now.
2: I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big Cena fan, man. I mean, I, I'm one of the
1: few... I know, but uh, I think it's just diluted that these guys are getting John titles me. like three <laughs> titles in a year. Like, he couldn't even hold it yeah. for like several months. Uh, anyways, we're we're getting off track here, but uh, professional wrestling is professional wrestling, I guess. The inner workings as well, uh, you know what I mean. <laughs> anyways, uh, I still hate Shawn Michaels, anyway, so because I was a Bret Hart you know, fanatic, so you know you know what I mean. It's a, WrestleMania twelve was not a was not a very fun time for me in Anaheim, and that's back in the uh, young days. I'll just let people know now. I got you.
3: Absolutely. So um I was Sorry, I was rooting
1: for the Canadian. Kind of if girl. anybody if anybody looks any, I was rooting for the Canadian on, in that match.
2: Red Hart, man. That dude, he was the man. Yeah.
1: It's too bad he, his career got cut short. Otherwise, I I think it would have been a lot more impactful. Um so that's it. So we're gonna give. We're gonna change the trophy to the Belichick trophy at no. some point down the road. Maybe not this year, but maybe at a point where he retires. Maybe they'll consider it. I think down the road, maybe. Um, I don't know. Don't, I mean, Lombardi did great, but but you know, if Belichick continues to do what he's done, I think that is a question of probability. You know, the only reason it's Lombardi it's, it's, was placed on there is because of his '60s era. But now we're looking at a different era, and then obviously the. A lot tougher to get to the final.
2: I just think you you probably won't see it until Goodell gets out of his post because uh, you know Roger Goodell and the Patriots all of a sudden have gone sour. You know he used to be best friends. Um, you know with Robert Kraft, the owner of the New England Patriots, and this debacle that happened with this witch hunt that happened this past off season, the past two off seasons rather. Uh, so I Very think that's kind of soured. So I think before they start naming anything after any Patriot, uh Roger Goodell will have to be out of office.
1: True. And Roger and Brady will be greeting each other at the podium if all turns out no. great for the Patriots. And Let uh, me tell so you, I'm pretty sure one, Patriots one player win. you know what I mean this...
3: No, no, no. If the Patriots win, I don't care you what know, anybody no. says. I I do not see Roger Goodell standing on that podium handing that trophy to Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. He might give it to Robert Kraft, but he ain't going to give it to Brady. I just can't even picture them on the you same they You don't stage. think so? Find, no, to, Goodell will find some kind of way to be there, but to not have to be next to Brady because the tension and, and the animosity is just too great. And I don't care how great of an actress you are. Some things you just cannot pull off. And in that moment, he needs to look as in control and in charge as he possibly can, and that won't happen. I just don't think he's got the chops to pull it off, and I know Brady probably doesn't care enough to even be cordial enough to even care. So I, I yeah, I, I agree. I, don't know. I agree with
1: that. I agree with that. I think it's. I think you're you're on you're on point, as they say.
3: And the thing is, they can pull it off because it's such a huge crowd and there's so many people that Goodell would find a way to be able to make his announcements without having to be near Brady and to be able to to, to pass it off. Trust and believe. They would finagle away. So watch and see. They certainly won't be standing side by side, buddying it up, that's for sure.
0: All right,
1: guys, so we got a couple of minutes left. I uh, want to thank uh, Leah Kozlov from the Indy Crash and now from the Helsinki Roosters uh, for coming on the show today. Very uh, awesome superstar, dual superstar, international and domestic, so congratulations to her and her career. And we're going to keep tabs on her, of course, uh, on our Facebook page as well and on the Roosters page also. So uh, that's it. So Super Bowl victory. I am taking TV 12. Uh, Troy, who are we taking?
2: I've got Tom Brady, yeah. Tom Brady? Tom Brady and the Patriots. Falcons?
1: You're taking the ATL. All right.
3: Yeah, I'm a southern girl and a happy little contrarian.
1: All right. Uh, Everybody can go to our website at Zazzle.com, up to 30% off leggings, shirts, and gifts. So check it out. Uh, We are officially going to be running on iTunes here in a couple weeks. And we'll be on the iTunes platform as well. So I'm happy to announce that. And so that obviously will get us up and running and do other things and trying to get our two co-hosts here to different venues. So that's our goal for this year, trying to m- make that happen. Um, so thanks again to Leah Kozla for uh, the Indy Crash and the Helsinki Roosters. And for this weekend, check out the, uh, our Facebook page. We got uh, Spanish Action uh, Week 3. We also have the uh, French League kicking off this weekend the international friendly next weekend, Uh, a lot of news uh, that's happening around. Um, And also, I forgot before we get out of here, um, LFL uh, breaking news this week, Jacinda Barkley will no longer be part of the Chicago Bliss. Uh, There was a parting of differences between the owner, Mitchell Martaza on compensation issues, so she decided to bail out and and go do something else, which she's going to do AFL Women's in Australia where she does get paid. So uh, hats off to her and making yeah, yeah. that great decision for her career. And so, uh, so there it is, Chicago Bliss quarterback, Jacinda Barkley, no longer in the LFL. So she's going to be overseas playing for the AFL Women's, uh, Australian Football Women's uh, League that's going to kick off. So for uh, Nkishi Free and Troy Wilson, Oscar Lopez saying, catch us every week, share our posts, and you can do our replays anytime. Uh, Great Iron Blitz right here on Block Talk Radio. Have a great night, everybody.
3: Good night.